0: You are in Christ. When you become a Christian, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, you're a temple of power. Because God is a God of power. He created the universe. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He baptizes it. In other words, He just immerses us in the Holy Spirit. He loves to immerse us. He He doesn't want you to get out and be dry. He wants you to be saturated with the Holy Spirit. If you're saturated with the Holy Spirit, you're saturated with everything that God is. Right. Now, Today, let me just encourage you on some things. The fact that He wants us to walk in more power. We can teach, and there's countless ministries that are teaching the Word of God, teaching faith, teaching all those things. And folks, yet most of the time, it remains idle in our brains. So you have to take what you hear and learn and apply it in your life so that it becomes applicable. In the New Testament, Old Testament, God anointed certain men and women to lead at certain times. But in the New Testament, he's poured out his spirit on all all the believers. Amen. And so now in the New Testament, he's anointed believers to go and do ministry. So, there are still apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I've experienced that. Yes, that's true. However, ministry goes on outside of these walls to our communities and schools and so forth. And that's where we come in. So, the church isn't supposed to be hidden. The church is supposed to be really out there. The church is supposed to be on the edge. The fruit, like on the boughs, the, the, you don't find the fruit normally on the trunk of the tree. You find it out on the ends of the branches. And so that means you extend yourself in faith to be used of God. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. The things of the Lord are not to remain idle in us, but to be active in us. So we can talk about the Holy Spirit, and we can talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and people say, we're a Spirit-filled church, and so forth. It's like, yeah, kind of. We believe those things, but doing those things is something else. Okay, so when we were in Florida, when we were in Florida, we've been to Florida many times and so forth, but we were there, uh, we were by a parking lot, by a mall area, and here was a big sign. And the big sign said, pointed out the gifted psychic, all right, nice letters painted well and so forth, said the psychic was licensed and certified. You know, some places they license psychic, they're just a business, you know. Florida is the case, California is the case, lots of places. So the psychic is licensed and certified. And then, and then it says that it's, there's help for all the problems in life. To call for an appointment because they're just too busy, you've got to make an appointment to, to go there. So you're not just dialing a number. Now you get this in-person time of session with this person. Now the reason it's out there is because the world is looking for help. The world is looking for, for help, power, things to work in their lives. And none of this has changed since the Bible days. We're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 16. So in the book of Acts 16, Paul and Silas were there, and they, as they were going to pray, uh, a certain slave girl, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, and brought, which brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. So she w- this was a business. The girl is demonized. Now, the devil knows things, too. The devil knows things about you. The devil knows things about people and stuff. I'm never impressed. Someone says, and uh, your birthday is such and such. Like, yeah, okay. Demons know that, too, right? So, so you, have to, you have to be look at things in the right way. So here's this woman who's following Paul and Silas. She followed them. She cried, said, these men are the servants of the Most High God. True. She said, who proclaimed to us the way of salvation? True. All those things were true, except, of course, she didn't believe the things that were being said. So, so you have a demon spirit that's telling things what's going on. It's a business. And, of course, you know the story where Paul and Silas then cast the spirit out of the girl. And then, and then what happens? Well, the business owners of the girl were upset because they lost their profit. And so then they drug Paul and Silas to the magistrates and they whipped him and beat him and put him in jail and so forth. That's the context of them praising God in the jail in Acts chapter 16. Matthew 24 says, Matthew 24, verse 24, in the last days, we're in the last days, by the way. When did the last days begin? At the day of Pentecost, Right. The last days I'll pour out my spirit. That's when the last days began. Certainly, we're closer now than when we first believed. So, false Christ, false prophets will arise, show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So, so understand this. These are people that look like Christians, these are people who might prophesy like Christians. But what happens is the signs and the wonders are not pointing people to Jesus. They're pointing the people to them or to something else. And so it causes deception. Now, the danger, the danger, of course, it says, if possible, even the very elect, (laughs) those that say, I love Jesus and so forth. The danger is that even we could be subject to being deceived. The world... The world is starved for the supernatural. The world is starved. The world is looking for something real that they can latch on to. Wow, look at that, the power. And we would say we want to demonstrate the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. When you see the things in the world, some people would see the things on the gifted side and say, Oh, boy, those people are going to hell. Boy, that's wrong. Or you could think, challenge yourself to say, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in the real, not in the false. I want to walk in your supernatural, not the devil's supernatural. Now, The devil is going to show signs and wonders. Isn't that interesting? The thing that keeps you anchored in life is being in the Bible. Being in the Word of God. The Word of God will keep you anchored against the winds of deception and so forth because there you go back to what the Word of God says. Folks, we've had people in this church, in this church today, who aren't even serving Jesus. Off on other stuff. Because they got out of the Word of God. You have to stay in the Word of God. And listen, let me just say this. Most Christians aren't. Most Christians aren't. And I'm talking about people that have a daily quiet time, a daily time in the Bible, so forth. Bible study, Bible reading schedules. Most people aren't. And we're a church that encourages it. So... You can kind of think, Where the, where's the rest of the people? Well, I don't know. But we encourage this a lot, and yet only a portion of people do this. So the supernatural, the supernatural is going to become more and more pronounced in the last days. Now, in the bad and in the good. Amen? So the bad is out there, and that will become more and more pronounced in the last days. There was years ago. There was, there was uh, young people at the high school, and they were doing games, Dungeons and Dragons, and different things. And they were connected to another realm. And they said to the kids, to one of the kids in the church, to a boy, they said, "Our God's stronger than your pastor. He's stronger than yours." And uh, it was a challenge. And I said, "Hey, really? I wasn't offended." You know, they, they were hearing spirits, you know, people hear spirits talk, you know, they're doing Ouija boards, they're doing all kinds of stuff, demons are talking to kids, all the time, folks. See, so if you think, if you think, like, like, getting rid of, touching kids today, and you're just going to touch them with a the tract, or you're going to tell them something, you're, you're lost, you're, you're out, you're lost already. The power of God is the thing that's going to minister to people. I sent this boy, when he went back to high school, and said, hey, have your friends come on over to church. Because they, they, they issued a challenge. I accepted their challenge. Amen. I said, I'll accept their challenge. You tell them, Pastor Dave accepts their challenge, to come on over to the church. And we'll pray. And we'll see who answers. Amen. And then they got real nervous. And they didn't want to show up. We had one time people write, write out here uh, about curses and demonic signs from witches. And they wrote, they wrote in front of our front door and. Kind of, uh, it would, thank God, is water p- paint that could be washed away. Pentagrams and different things like that. You know, now some people are, oh my goodness, oh, what's happening? Folks, that shouldn't alarm you. That shouldn't alarm you that we have people that have, they're tapping into demonic things and they're going to challenge Christians. It didn't alarm me that we have people out here in the neighborhoods. One policeman said, Oh, yeah, there's people out here. Yeah, they're kind of careful. I said, Well, it doesn't bother me. Because we want to share Jesus Christ with people. You have to understand that inside of you as a Christian is the great I am. So it's, it's kind of sad to me that when He gives us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, that many Christians are intimidated. Rather than motivated to say, hey, bring it on. Love to meet with you. Love to share. Love to pray together. I'll pray in the name of Jesus. So these things are coming. Jesus said they're coming. Shouldn't be alarming. But you know how it is. Christians who don't read their Bible, oh, look what's going on in the world. I always think when people say it, that's a non-Bible reader right there. When people are alarmed about everything going on in the world, and they're screaming, that's a non-Bible reader. Tells me right now, okay, you don't know your Bible. The Bible will always tell you. The Bible will tell you tomorrow's headlines. And the Holy Spirit will prepare you for what's happening this next week. And we as God's people are to be people that will minister with power. One of the things the enemy does, Second Peter, 2 Peter, when it talks about the people moving in these ways, and so forth. They'll speak great words, but they're empty. All right? And they allure through the lust of the flesh, lewdness, different things like that, that they've escaped uh, uh, ones who have escaped from those who live in error. While they promise liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. So the enemy can promise Liberty. The enemy can say, oh, this is good. No, this is, this is real. This, you should do this. The enemy can promise that, but what the enemy delivers is always bondage. And so the person is overcome by him as he also, by the one who's overcome, he's also brought into bondage. And so people get increasingly more and more, rather than free, the gifted psychic cannot forgive sins. So sin still remains. So people can call up, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next week? And so, well, sin still remains. So they're still oppressed. They're still in bondage. They're still hurting. They're still lost. Can't forgive sins. Can't bring liberty. Can't heal. And just exposes people to more and more demonic activity. Now, I should challenge you, if people, especially especially young people, but even older people now, if they're listening to voices... To challenge us to say, hey, I want to listen to the voice and bring the voice to them. Amen. Remember years ago, I had a professor come in my office. She has a Ph.D., professor in the physics department at SDSU. And she came into my office, and she was quite charismatic. And she talked to me about the, the meetings they were having on campus. Now, these were professors. Okay? These were not students. These were professors. And they were channeling things and they were into the spirit realm and so forth. And they were listening to uh, a monk in Asia and they were hearing voices and so forth. And she was saying how wonderful it was. And she said, she knew I was a spirit-filled Christian. She said, you're spirit-filled. You'd really like this. And I said, no. I said, I want to hear the voice of Jesus. That's the voice I want to hear is the voice of Jesus. And so then I began to share some things from the Bible, and I had my Bible on my desk. I began to share some things from the Bible, and she got up from her chair, put her hand, her finger on my Bible, and said, this is going to limit you. This is going to limit you. If you listen to this, this is going to limit you. And I pulled my Bible away from her fingers. I said, no, if I, if I uh, believe this, it's going to keep me safe, and I'm going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, people think sometimes, well, now these, these things happen with uneducated people. Not true. These are just happening with the kids. Not true. Things are happening all around us. And this is a time, of course, where God's people, knowing the time, knowing that it's the last days, we should be getting ready for uh, moving in power. Amen. Right. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to move with power. It's just the way it is. So Acts chapter Acts chapter 8. Now, Acts you know, gives us a perspective of the New Testament church. Now, there was the early rain, and there's a latter rain. I believe there's a rain coming of the Spirit that's just going to be tremendously powerful. And I think we have to prepare our hearts. I think we have to embrace it. I think it's going to be wonderfully supernatural, but all the glory will go to Jesus. All the direction goes to Jesus Christ. So, Philip comes down, and he's preaching the gospel in Samaria. The people hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits with crying loud voices came out of people, out of many that were possessed. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Now, I like the thing here, great joy. The Holy Spirit's going to produce joy. Even, even when it talks about in Romans, the... Uh kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So so the devil can't bring joy, the devil brings oppression. But Jesus brings joy. I mean, tremendous joy. Even like like you hear like Betty Baxter's testimony last week. Wasn't that good? You know, you hear that story and so forth. It's just like, ah, that's that's good. You know, all the tension's going to Jesus. All the focus is going to Jesus. All that that here when Philip's preaching and ministering, all of us going to Jesus brings liberty, brings excitement. Excitement about who? Excitement about Jesus. That's what's happening. That's what was happening here as Philip preached the word of God. Now watch the exposure as this happens. Because when when the word of God is preached, there's all kinds of things that can happen. You know like demon activity and so forth. Things exposed to the devil. The devil doesn't like being exposed. The devil hates the truth. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. He didn't want to stay in the truth. He hates the truth. So, so you have to also prepare yourself that you're going to walk facing different things that come. And so here is Philip. You know, Let's look at the next verses. Verses 9 following. There was a man named Simon. And he had practiced sorcery in the city Lotus, astonished the people, claiming that he was the great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. So now this is a man who exercised influence over this entire region because of demonic activity. Now again, he's demonstrating, he's demonstrating demonic signs, You don't want to just follow anything. You know, you can see people, I've seen people who are mind readers. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm just watching because where's this going? <laughs> if it's going to Jesus, wonderful. it's not going to Jesus, not good. But some people can get very, very impressed. You know, someone can even say, you know, and the Lord says this and this about you, and da 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 it's like, okay, but where's the end result again? The result's got to go to Jesus. The devil knows where you live. The devil knows what happened last week to you. The devil knows all those things. So we have to learn to hear the voice of the Lord, but also discern the voice of the Lord, that what is his truth that goes according to the Bible. So here's a guy that exercised great power, bewitched the people. He amazed them. He bewildered them. All those kinds of things like that. Now, verse verse, uh, 13 It says that Simon also believed, so the guy believes. He he sees Philip and says, well, I believe, so he becomes a believer in Jesus. When he was baptized, he continued. Notice how he's baptized. He continues with Philip, was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So let's stop there a second. So now the guy gives his heart to Jesus, and now he gets baptized. And sometimes, again... For some churches, just getting born again, that's it. Boy, they're, they're born again, that's it. No, that's not it. We've stepped into the kingdom, hallelujah, but now we grow. A key thing is being renewed in the spirit of your mind according to the Word of God. Because our, our thinking is still all tainted from the past. So now we have to learn Scripture. You know, when I got saved, I didn't know much Bible. Very little. And what I did know through my confirmation class wasn't that great. So now I get saved and I started just, just reading the Bible. It's like, oh man, it's like a book. You have the teacher present with you when you read the Bible. The author present with you. So, so now you have to grow and you learn. So now he's saved and he's baptized. But now growth still has to happen. Verse 17. Acts 8, 17. He, when Paul laid, he saw... They laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that would look good, but what is he doing? He wants to buy something for his purposes. He was used to, like his business, he was used to exercising control over people's lives. I want you to see something now. He did see that when they laid hands on them, he saw something happen. In many of our churches, when, when people say, well, I'm, I'm spirit-filled, it's like, then I have to say, well, did anything happen? If nothing happened, well, then we question, or should question, the authenticity of being spirit-filled. Because he, he saw, like, whoa, whoa. I guess he probably saw power. He probably saw people speaking in tongues. He saw a dramatic something happen, like filled with the Holy Ghost. See, we like it. it's We get into our comfort zones. And so it's like, well, let's keep it comfortable. We wouldn't want to offend anybody or something like that. We wouldn't want to be too excited or too loud or all those things. When really, the more, the better, the hotter, the better. You don't, want to, you don't want to maintain a lukewarm atmosphere. You want an atmosphere to get hot. So Simon saw this true power of God, which the results were what? Liberty, freedom, joy. What were his results? Well, certainly not joy. And there wasn't liberty, and there was no freedom. He controlled people. So he offers them money to buy the Holy Spirit or the things of the Holy Spirit. And really what he needed to do was repent then. Of course, we see the next verses there, verse 22 and following, when, when uh, John and them said, Repent, therefore, of your wickedness, and pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you, you are poisoned by bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Now, bitterness, he lost, he lost his business. He lost his influence on the, on the Samaritans, on that city, on that region. And now he wants it back, and he thinks, I can get it back if I buy the Holy Spirit and get it back. Now possible. And so again, he had to repent and get set free of the demonic activity that was going on in the inside of him, even though he was born again, even though he was baptized. Makes you think a little bit. Because people need to grow... In every way in Christ, and as we grow, we want to leave behind everything that would defile us. Lifestyles, old habits, bondages. Someone could be in a church and still be a womenizer. Someone can come to church and they're still popping the bottle, drinking booze. Someone can come to church and still be doing things that are really quite ungodly. So it's not the church attendance that makes you to heaven. It's this relationship with Jesus, and then we grow in this relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not, the Holy Spirit is holy. Amen? It's a Holy Spirit. So it's not a spirit where you can do anything. I'm saved, I thank God for grace, I can do anything. No, no, it's not that way. It's a Holy Spirit. And so people get saved, people can get baptized, but then we keep growing in the things of the Lord according to the Word of God, which actually should produce more joy and more liberty and more happiness in our lives. Now that in itself should be a witness to the world, right? If people are, if people are happy... When I got saved at STSU, and a rumor went out that I got saved... And people started watching me. And so I had, I had people, professors in class, professors in class challenge me because I was so happy. I was going to the 7 o'clock organic chemistry course. Who wants to get up at 7 o'clock and go to organic chemistry? But I'm whistling and so forth and happy because of Jesus. Became a witness. Like, what has this guy got? What is he on? Like, is he on a drug or something like that? No, I'm not on a drug. I'm on Jesus. I had a shirt that I wore the other day. I was at a, a game, and it said, Addicted to Jesus. And I forgot that I even had this shirt on. You know, you know we're at a game, and this and that's going on. And some, we were leaving, and then some, uh, some lady said, Boy, I like your shirt. Looked at it quick again to see what it said. <laughs> that's a good addiction. As you get older, you shouldn't become more sober. You should become more joyful. As you get older, you shouldn't be less free. You should be more free. People think lots of times they go to conferences and the young people are dancing. Hey, how about the old people dancing? Isn't that right? How about the old people praising? What am I praising? I thank God I'm this age. I thank God I'm still alive. I thank God for good health. You know, all the things, all the things you can thank God for. It shouldn't be older people saying, Well, good, those young people get up there. And they're like, that's grouchy. It's like the movie Up and Mr. Fredrickson. Has mouth like this all the time. Kind of grouchy. Well, it's good not to be grouchy. See, how are, how are young people? We're so concerned about young people going to school and getting tainted. Why don't we think about young people going to school and being so on fire, they're going to they're infect the school. See, people think all the time, well, I'm not going to get my kids out there. I'm not going to expose them and so forth. Folks, they're already exposed. Let's face it. They're already exposed. And if you don't expose them in other ways, they're never going to know how to handle things. Young people should be strong and we should encourage them to be strong in their faith. Not Not to blast people, but they're out there as lights. I'm a happy student. How about that? There's a lot of things in life with, we can, we can, uh, the, the responsibility is ours as far as teaching our young people, your children, so forth, you teaching your children and the way in which they should go. And let's just say, let's take another word from teaching to modeling. So you can tell them something, but another, it's another thing, if they never see you worship, they never see you in the Bible, they never see you do anything, well then, you know, all you're telling them just went out the door. I'm going to do like Dad does. Nothing. So the power of God, the power of God is ours. And the power of God sets people free. John chapter 8, John chapter eight thirty six. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed is true liberty. Real liberty. So my liberty isn't based on my bank account. It's not based on things in the natural. It's based on this relationship that I've got with Jesus. True liberty. But it makes you excited, right? makes you excited. It makes you the sort of person then that can help transform others. Second Corinthians, when it talks about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Well, there's liberty. Amen? There's liberty. Emancipation. We talked about emancipation proclamation. A declaration of freedom from the devil. A declaration of freedom from sin. A declaration of freedom from the ways of the world. True freedom. Now that's where that's where now see Christians they say, Well, we have the Spirit of the Lord. Okay. But if we do, then we need to jump into that river. We can't just know it here. This isn't good enough here. When we go to other countries, especially India, where there's many many gods and so forth, extremely religious, you know, their, their habits and so forth. I mean, the things they do would put a lot of people to shame. If I just think if they just did that for Jesus, wow, what would happen? You know, the, the discipline, but it's all for a lost cause. So you can't come to them with words. Paul says, I don't come to you in words. I'm going to come to you in demonstration of the spirit and a power. So I'm going to I'm, let you have your God. I've got mine. Let's talk. To, let's each talk to him. See what happens. You don't, you don't go to some of these countries and say, here's the four spiritual laws, and if you do this and so forth, and he'll bridge the gap, and you're saved. and so You don't do that. You don't even bring that up. You do go, though, and say, hey, can I pray for you that you'll have a revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is. Very, always open to prayer. Everybody's open to prayer. So we pray that God would visit them, reveal himself to them, and so forth. Now, I'm talking to them about Jesus, but then they need to have that epiphany. That revelation of who Jesus Christ is. It's the power of God. When we pray in meetings and so forth, and people get delivered, and all over the world, you know, people get delivered and set free, and demons, people fly around, you know, demonic activity. They all know that. They all know there's demons. Americans, it freaks Americans out. You know, Americans almost act like, oh, there's no de- Years ago, as a lady said in the Bible study, Genie had, they said, There's no demons in America. Actually, said that. Christian lady said that. There are no demons in America, they're, all, they're in these other countries. See, that's America for you. America America can pride itself on so many things and yet is, is lagging behind the things that the Holy Spirit is doing around the world. So, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to give us true liberty. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Matthew 10. Let's a scripture in Matthew 10 a second. So, Jesus said, I want you to uh, uh, preach the kingdom. I want you to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Now, he says this freely you have received. We have received this power. Now, I want you to give it away. So we have to come to the place again and think, okay, do I have this power? Then I, if you have to do it again, say, I receive it. Now you have to apply it. Right. Remember, remember I had the, the, the drill here a few weeks ago or so forth. We plugged it in. The drill's plugged in and so forth. All the power's there, but it wasn't until you pulled the trigger, activated it by faith, that, that something happened. So our faith has to be activated. So if you see somebody sick, what what do you want to do? Well, you you want to have this in your heart like, oh, can I pray for them? Or can I ask them, can I pray for you? Now, if you did that, would you pray? Because lots of times, you know, people pray long, lengthy prayers. Would you pray long and lengthy? The answer is no. You'd pray short because Jesus prayed short. You just activate your faith. There's lots of times people that aren't Christians will actually receive quicker than Christians. You know, but you activate your faith to receive. You receive from God. They can receive from God. Sometimes I've been in meetings before and the minister has said, well, we prayed for people and so forth. <clears throat> Nothing happened. I said, well, they, they just, and then they said, they don't have faith. And I say, oh, don't say that. Jesus went into hostile situations, the Pharisee's house, the man with the withered arm. He goes into hostile situations and just demonstrated the power of God. He wants us, I believe, to demonstrate his power. He wants us to say, I'll pray for that sick person. I'll pray for that person who is uh, got a disease, lepers or whatever. We pray for lepers overseas. Raise the dead, cast out demons. Now, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're just looking wherever, you know, for people, but you're looking for the opportunity, the kairos moment when it comes to you. Amen? Sense of the Holy Spirit. It's not like I'm at the ball game and someone's, whatever, acting out over there. So, okay, I'll go over and deal with him. Oh, what, what opportunities will come to you, though? You might just be in the store. You might think, I want to buy ice cream, but, oh, that person needs help, you know. And maybe you have a conversation and they say something and then and you just simply say, can I, you got your cart, they got their cart, can I pray for you? And you pray for them. That happens all the time. Sometimes, one guy, I was in High V, and and he had a guy I knew, he, I don't I don't know that he was a Christian, but I knew him. And uh, he, was, he was getting something. While he was getting it, he was like, oh, oh, I felt that way before, too. He said, oh, he's trying, <laughs> stretching to get it, you know. I said, can I help you? He said, no, I can get it. He says, my back just really hurts. Just really hurts. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've had that. I said, can I pray for you? Sure, you know. And most people think, sure. And, and, he, and then I reached, took his hand. He said, right here? And I said, yeah, right here. We'll just pray right here. Just pray right here. And I prayed for him, you know, and he was standing there and his eyes were like this. And he said, I think I do feel better, you know. And I, I said, well, you will feel better. You're going to feel better. You exercise faith. That's how, that's how your muscles grow. Very few Christians pray for the sick. Very few Christians. Think of it now. Think of all the spirit-filled people you know and think how many of them actually are going out and will pray for the sick. Very rare. Let me just tell you that, very rare, but it should be very common. The same thing would happen in school. What if, what if our young people at school knew, boy, someone is sick and they look for an opportunity to pray for them? You know, people always say, well, what if nothing happens? Folks, I never worry about that. I mean, if you don't pray, nothing will happen. So why don't we pray at least? Amen. Let's exercise our faith. You know, sometimes people say, well, what if they die? I said, well, they're probably going to die anyway. Why don't you exercise your faith? Amen? That's what you want to do, you know? I mean, look for an opportunity. There was a guy years ago. He uh, had, we had worked together and so forth, and he was younger, and he, not that younger, 10 years younger and so forth, and he he took a trip over to Southeast Asia. Uh, And I forget what the... What they called it in those days, you know, the government type, you know, you take a trip anyway for goodwill. And he was over in Southeast Asia and so forth. And then he comes back and he comes back to Brookings. And uh, so I saw him. And now when I saw him, before he left, he was a Christian, loving the Lord. Now he came back and he was just real nervous around me. And I said, hey, how was your trip? Oh, fine, fine, fine. You know, didn't want to say much. And I said, uh, oh, I said, how are things going spiritually? Not really good, not, not good, not good, and so forth. So anyway, he came to my office, and I, we talked, and I could tell that some issues had happened. He'd gone to different religious ceremonies and so forth, and now the guy was quite demonized. And so uh, I, we talked, and then I put out my hand. I said, you know, I'd like to pray for you. And he whimpered, whoa, 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 pushing away my hand. I said, I know that's a hand of power. And you don't want to touch it. Talked to him some more. I said, come on, let's pray. You don't want to be in this bondage. You know, you know you can be free. And I put out my hand. ah, ah," Pushed my hand away, whimpered. So after a little bit, finally, he took my hand. And he took my hand. Kurt, it was like having the biggest walleye on the line you could imagine. All of a sudden, his, my hand was going, and all I did, I just sat there. My hand was going with him. I just sat there, but I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to be free. In the name of Jesus, you know you don't want this, let it go. It was a battle for that big I type deal. But finally, the peace of God came on him, and he was set free. You have, you have, you have what the world needs. It's so amazing. The world, the, you can look out there and the world's going to hell. Well, God is going to hell. Of course, we know that from the Bible. doesn't surprise me. The thing is, I have answers. You have answers. You can affect your world. Someone said to me one time, they said, well, they've got to be a Christian to get healed first. I said, no, they don't. In Brazil, people were coming up very demonized. People knew all about demons. They knew all about sorcery and so forth. So I was thinking, what do I share? So then I said, I want to talk to you tonight. We're on a soccer field. I said, I want to talk to you tonight about the good spirit. They knew spirits. I said, I want to talk to you about the good spirit. And I talked about the Holy Spirit and how good God is and so forth. And how you want to touch your lives. And people were coming up for prayer. It was amazing. I was standing here and someone else was praying over there. And a guy flew about ten feet through the air, and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And I'm <laughs> praying for people, and people were getting touched by the Lord. The next night, we had an altar call. A few people came up. But the next night, a guy came up who the night before had health issues, his stomach was distended, all that. Now he comes up the next night, and I say, Hey, weren't you here last night? Now his stomach is normal. And he says to the interpreter he said, God healed me last night. I want to receive Jesus. <laughs> said, good good choice here. <laughs> good choice. People see the power of God. It's like in India. The lep- we showed the pictures before when, when the boy with the leprosy, all the scars and so forth. And, and then he was prayed for. They come back a month later into that village. And here's this boy with brand new skin. We showed the pictures here. Brand new skin. And, of course, his mom and daddy who are Hindus, they're ready to receive Jesus and started a church in their home. And, and uh, you know, the power of God. The power of God is present to heal people. Jesus, Luke, Luke 10, let's look at that. Just a couple more verses. Luke 10. So the disciples uh, come back. The 70 disciples come back. And I notice they come back with joy. They're just amazed. Like, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Oh, oh boy. Power of God is good. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus saw the, the power of the devil being defeated. It's all being defeated. And, and his resurrection power. The devil can't touch you. Notice what it says. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. This isn't talking about all right insects and... And uh, things like that. Bugs was talking about the enemy. And over all the power of the enemy. Say all. All All the power of the enemy. Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing. Shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus gave us this power and authority now. And the disciples are amazed at the liberation and so forth. And and then he reaffirms to to them. He says, I've given you this power. Nothing's going to hurt you. I want you to go and keep doing this. People can say, well, then why is the church the way it is today? Because, because things, you know how it is, people are hot and so forth, but then maybe it just doesn't get transmitted down. And little by little, it cools off again. Then he wants to, he always wants to bring revival. He wants to stir up your faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray to hear the voice of God for people, for people's lives, what's going on in their lives. Let me just say, you've got infinite more power than the gifted psychic. Amen. And I'm saying infinite more power. That's right. you got that right. Devil has a little power. You have infinite power. That's right. yeah. Nothing is impossible. And you have power over all the power of the enemy, Jesus said. All the power. There was a guy one time, we had our house in Volga, and we were helping some folks and so forth, and Anyway, this guy came, and his, him and his wife were being upset and uh, were up having an argument. There was a little baby involved and so forth like that. And anyway, this guy, we were helping his wife, and he pulled up, and he was so angry. And he came up, and he stood right about six inches from my face. He said, I could just smash your face. And I stood there with just this amazing peace. God will give you amazing peace in the situation. I said, you're not going to touch me in the name of Jesus. And he was just like, I could just crush you. He says, you're not going to touch me with one finger. And the more I said that, he just got angrier and angrier and angrier. And he never did touch me. Oh, we were praying over a lady one time, demonized lady. And this lady, this lady who today is a minister's wife. Filled with the Holy Ghost and fa- wonderful family and forth like that. <laughs> but she was demonized. And she was demonized through, through immoral activity. Through sleeping with men and all kinds of stuff. And somehow ended up at our house. And uh, interesting enough, she tried to come to church. And the devil would wrench her body. And this blonde haired lady with the guttural man voice come out. But I wouldn't let her. It shows you how the devil tries to keep people away from churches like this. If they're going to speak the truth, the devil tries to keep people away. Sometimes people say, oh, everybody's here that God wants. That's a total lie. Not true. That's not true. God wants people to get on fire. So he, he would, he'd want a thousand more, way more. There's thousands in Brookings who don't even know Jesus. And the devil wrenched this lady's body. said, I wouldn't let her get there. And she, it was amazing. Anyway, she had these long, pretty fingernails. And these nails, I had my hand on her head, and the devil said that we were burning, burning him. Well, the fire of fire, fire God will do that. And she took those nails, she went up to my arms like this. I had just a short sleeve shirt, went up to my arms, was going to scratch me down my arms. And I said, You're not touching me in the name of Jesus. The devil growled and screamed. The fingers came up again and I said, you're not touching me in the name of Jesus. That lady got so gloriously set free, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, married a spirit-filled man. They're preachers in the Twin Cities. And, and uh, to this day, of course, she just says, thank God for you guys being there. We never did know how she ended up at our house. Can't find the church. How did you end up at our house? But she did. God is good, folks. Jesus he's, he's really good. Jesus said in Acts one8 "You're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you." Let me just say this for all of you here, people listening right now. Power's been given to you. You have to receive it. You have to receive the power. You have, by receiving it, you're, you're acting on the power, okay? You're acting You could say, "Hey, brand new car out there. Here's the keys, and you could sit there in that brand new car, but until you activated it. You could sit there till tomorrow. <laughs> Someone come along. You got that car and you're going to... Uh, I don't... Uh, you know, they have got to do, do something. You've got to activate your faith. You've got to turn the engine on. You've got to put it in gear. You've got to activate it. We've received the power. Notice it says the ability. People say, I can't do it. Of course you can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. This is not, this is not complicated. You can do this. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, be my witnesses. Witnesses for Jesus Christ. You'll tell people about Jesus. Incidentally, the message is never a church. So people will go out and say, Hey, it's our church, this, our church, this or that. No, no, no. The message is Jesus. Now they should come to a church. Yes. To fellowship, grow. That's, that's important. But the message is Jesus Christ. So let me just close with this. John 14. John 14, 12. These are, these are great verses. But Jesus said, the people who believe on me, think about how many people say they believe in Jesus. So Jesus said then, that the works that I do, he will do. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do the works of Jesus. (laughs) You can do the works of Jesus. Greater works than these you do. Greater works is just, there's more. There's more of us, right? More of us to do this. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do that. The Father may be glorified in the Son through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we want to be the uh, witness for Jesus. We want to do the works of Jesus where we live. So look for opportunities. That's why in church here so many times we pray or do things. Why? This is like lab. We can learn to do stuff and then go out there and do it. And then go out there and practice it. You know, or I, I could be with my brothers who aren't as spiritual or so forth, but I'll look for opportunities to pray for them. I was down in Iowa yesterday. Look for opportunities to pray for somebody there. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at right? right? So let's lift our hands again. Lord, we activate our faith. We activate our faith to follow you, to live for you, to do your works. And Jesus, I thank you. You said it. You said it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. You said it. You said it. You gave us power over all the power of the enemy. You said these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll cast out demons. They'll lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. You said it. It's your word. We stand on it today in Jesus' name. And I thank you for activating people here. Take your right hand say, put it on top of your head. Thank you for activating people here. Thank you for anointing their lives. Thank you for quickening their spirit. Thank you, Lord, for supercharging them with the Holy Ghost. I pray a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost on every person here and listening in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that in this day your church shall shine. Lord, from young people to old people, from schools to nursing homes, wherever we're at, we thank you for the shining, the the power of the Holy Spirit coming forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for relatives getting set free. We thank you, Lord, for setting people free. We thank you, Lord, for, for pushing back the darkness. Hallelujah. Through us, Lord God we thank you Jesus we thank you today Lord for this day that you made this day filled with opportunities in the name of Jesus hallelujah shout hallelujah, hallelujah. say it again say hallelujah, hallelujah. say it again say hallelujah. hallelujah yes Lord God we give you praise Lord it is your kingdom and we give you praise for it Lord in Jesus name amen amen amen, amen. hallelujah Amen. Bless you. Tonight there'll be a meeting. Hallelujah. Good things are happening. Hallelujah. You can share the message as well. It's just hit share. Amen. Look for look for ways God's going to use you this week. Amen. If you pray for someone, pray simple. Just pray simple. Don't use King James. <laughs> just pray real simple. And God will meet you where you're at. Amen. He'll just meet you. He'll move. He loves it when we obey him. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616.